And we're back. Where did I leave off? Um, Bridget tries to stab him with le- Bridget tries to stab him with a leprechaun. All right. Bridget tries to stab the leprechaun with the iron ship she made while the leprechaun is effectively musing about how nice his life will be with his wife. Like, he's going to have some kids. He's going to settle down. He's going to have a really nice time, you know? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, this is a greedy, self-aggrandizing, kidnapping, abusive monster of a person. Mm-hmm. But it's good to know that they have dreams, I guess. Yeah, you know that white picket fence, white picket fence, two and a half kids, dog. He just wants the simple things in life. Yep, along with his big old pot of gold. <laughs> um, and don't we all want? And don't we all want at least that last one? I mean, it helps. Like, money can't buy happiness, but it can fund the search. Mm-hmm. Because in this society, we do need money. Uh, dude, but you know what? That's a different discussion for a different different day. Yep, uh, not today, because today Bridget has just stabbed the leprechaun, and the leprechaun has responded to that by slapping her. Because I don't know if it just wasn't an iron rod or rod or what have you, but it breaks on contact with the leprechaun. Thus, we can throw invulnerability onto his invulnerability onto his tier list, which is weird because he got shot because he got shot and beaten up by a bunch of kids in the last movie, which really really doesn't clinch too much, but luckily Cody and his amazing detective skills, seriously, I'm not entirely sure if we ever really figure out how he finds this particular tree in California, but he does, and like, with the iron poker, is like, alright let's go and he, he fights a leprechaun like, it's a bit of a chase it's a bit of magic and illusory trickery there and like, at one moment, while they're being chased Cody loses Bridget, but he finds her again in the den. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, and he's, and Bridget, question mark, says the leprechaun's gone. Let's go home. And they kiss. And then Cody immediately stabs her. And then <laughs> he stabs the leprechaun. And then they just walk out as the leprechaun bursts into flames mm-hmm. again. They leave the coin. They don't even take the gold this time. They're just like, just get the hell out of here. Yeah. And Bridget asks, how did you know that was the leprechaun and not me? And he's just like, he kisses differently than you do. Roll. And then we walk off screen and roll cre- roll credits. And that was, like, well, that was a sort of smooth line. Bridget does ask, well, which one of us was better? And he's like, hmm, I'll think about it. Still cheeky. I-, I like how that character still shines through throughout the horrible experience they've had and the murders that Cody, at least, will definitely be accused for later on. Oh, uh, let's not forget his best friend mentor is dead. Yeah, but, like, he did that to himself. And look, the sun's rising, and the couple is still together, and there's still a corpse in Bridget's garage, isn't there? Yep. But, no, but, Will, the credits are rolling. Stop thinking about it. I can't, because we've got to go right into the next one. Fine, but let's do ratings first. Fine, but let's at least do ratings first. Uh, you know, only mildly annoying. <laughs> mildly Mildly annoying, but mildly annoying feels fair. The leprechaun, honestly, after a while, after a while, you start to realize that he's weirdly charming in his own uh, uncomfortable, misogynist way. I hate that I have to say that, but he's just the most entertaining thing about these mo- about these movies. And if you're a villain, and if you have a villain that's supposed to revel in being vile, you get what you pay for. And luckily, you don't have to pay for it with Peacock. We're not 
actually sponsored by them yet. But that is just a service offered by NBC Universal where we saw this for free. Mm-hmm. It was actually really it was actually really easy, and they have also and they have all the Leprechaun series on there, which was great. Which was great because they went off of some of the other streaming services that we tried to go for. Go for Peacock really helped us out on that one. Yeah, kudos to you, Peacock. It didn't make us have to pay for this because we did pay for this in other ways. So yeah, we were going for a mildly annoying. Mildly annoying. And speaking of paying for it, um, Will, I hope you got your pockets full because we're about to go to Vegas. Yep, Leprechaun 3 takes place in Vegas, which shows me, and this is my first note, that no one took this shit seriously. And at the same time, it feels like Vegas is exactly where he should be, should be, perfectly in his element. Which is also really weird when you consider that the Leprechaun could easily, if you removed most of the murders, it would just be a movie, that would just be a story that R.L. Stein would have written. Which disappoints me because I would love to see a, I would love to see an R-rated version of a lot of the R.L. Stein universe, like an R, like a horror cinematic universe featuring R.L. Stein's creations. Best we got the TV series, and it was a good TV series, but you know it was for children, and it did go into some adult themes along with shows like Are You Afraid of the Dark? But at the same time, like we could, we can rebuild this. And I realize I understand the mindset of everyone who's ever done a remake. I've become that which I sought to destroy. I must self-terminate. No. No. At least, at least from being like a producer. Fair enough. Because <laughs> like, what if, what if we did Night of the Living Dummy? Like, still with kids and still added like some adult themes because, you know, murder's involved. And it sucked. I could, I feel like we could say the same thing about a lot of them. And Night of the Living Dummy actually has a lot of has a lot of suck potential to it because there's so many sequels. Mm-hmm. But we're getting off topic. Yep. So we start with an old with an old man, disheveled, potentially homeless, but it's not really confirmed. Mm-hmm. Walking into a pawn shop with something mysterious and heavy in his bag. It's like a cartoonish burlap sack, you know, like a potato sack. The type you go to, not sock hops, but potato sack races in. Do people still do that? Probably not. Not in the age of Corona. Not in the, not in the age of Rona. Before that, I don't know. I think it's possible. Maybe some people are just going out there and having a good time hopping around potato sacks. So but, it, could be, it could be a thing. Yeah. But uh, in this potato sack is a statue of a leprechaun and a pot of gold with a prepare for new lore. Cursed amulet around it. Because we have given up if we ever decided to try. Fuck it. <laughs> I guess this is what we're doing now. Because the new MacGuffin, the new weakness, is that amulet. What does it have to do with anything? I don't know. It just hurts the leprechaun when he's nearby it. And also can turn him into stone. Which isn't necessarily the same as being in pain, because the leprechaun looks in kind of a jolly pose when the ambulance on him. Also, it's a, also the, he wasn't turned to stone in the last movie, which still makes me wonder when all this happens. Maybe that detective finally caught up to him. But, unfortunately, the uh, pawnbroker, whose name is Gupta, that's all we know, 
because he speaks in the third person to make you sh- to make sure you know his name is Gupta. Yep. He's like, maybe the amulet might be worth something. And so he takes it off. After being explicitly told, don't take that amulet off. Maybe not even five minutes passing in real time per the movie standards. Not even ours. Like, it'd be one thing if it was like an hour and he for nope. the first thing he did afterwards, after paying you guy 20 bucks for a leprechaun statue. Mm-hmm. That decries the amulet to be a hunk of junk, but as he turns, ar- turns around from having checked it out, he sees that the statue itself has disappeared. But that the pot of gold is now real. Which, why? Why did he leave his pot of gold? Because plot, dude. I don't know. <laughs> Alright, right. into the plot copter we go. Let's go. Yep. And so immediately... Uh, Gupta's like, oh, that's weird. But wait, is this real gold? It is real gold. I'm rich. And then the, uh, the leprechaun shows up, knocks him to the ground, uh, bites off part of his fingers and his toes. And By the way, the leprechaun, now, the leprechaun now has a signature weapon, a shillelagh. The leprechaun now has a shillelagh. Yeah. Just, just now has that. I think it was with the statue. Which really means we miss a lot of character development between movies. But that's not important, because mm-hmm. the leprechaun ran away after being warded off by the amulet. And Goop is like, well, now that I know that this works, I'm going to watch a little bit, a little video on leprechaun that runs, on leprechauns, that runs for the entirety of the film. That he just plugs into an old PC, because we now have discovered the usefulness of computers, and Gupta just has a CD on fey creatures. And a particular chapter on leprechauns that runs for admittedly a very long time, at least 12 hours, and is made entirely in MS Paint. It's incredible what they made happen in 95. Gotta do what you gotta do with what you have. Yep. And also, I'm kind of curious about what those other tapes were, because they had dragons, mermaids, werewolves. It was... I'm really curious about what we could have learned from this. Look, I'm... I'm not ready for the barrel... That is the extended Leprechaun cinematic universe. We're barely getting through the Iron Man's of that cinematic universe. We're barely. You're not Leprechaun. You're not ready for the Feywild Adventures, Avengers. No, actually, I think that's an Asylum film that exists. Grimm's Avengers. Will. Will? Why do I do this to myself? You you know where it goes. Yep. Just, just. Why asylum films? Because I don't know why they do it, but you know why we do it. So that no one else suffers like we shall. Very good. And because it's actually kind of fun, anyway. <laughs> So Gupta, now strapped up, proceeds to go out and get clapped. He doesn't really stand a chance. Uh, they do try to play stuff for drama. No. Just going to give it to you straight. This man dies. Gupta, get, Gupta does not last at all. At all. The only, th- the only thing that he the only thing that he gets from this is that when the leprechaun runs away, Way, he drops a gold coin. The, the, Gupta sees the gold coin. 
gold coin, grunt, chase the leprechaun, get shot through the arm, arm because the leprechaun, because not the leprechaun's not trapped in there with him. The, he's trapped in there with the leprechaun, and proceeds to die. Just he's dead. Mm-hmm. And that is what we hear on the video that is still playing and will again keep playing. Is that when you have a piece of leprechaun's gold, you get one wish. Now, this this would have uh, drastically changed the last two movies. Mm-hmm. But this I guess would have changed it, a lot. And also, these wishes don't see don't seem to come with like that leprechaun curse where you get what you want but not exactly how you intended it to work. No, these wishes seem to work just fine. Though they do come with some stipulations that I will say right now. Your own body modifications are fine. Changing external events are fine. Wishes that directly affect the will of another living being only last so long as you actually have the piece of gold. And you only get the... Well, only, I think it's that only as long as you... As no one else is in possession of the gold. Because, like, he isn't holding... When that stipulation pops up, the guy who did it isn't holding the coin. It's stolen It's stolen by somebody else. Mm-hmm. So I guess in your possession and loose rules. Mm-hmm. But this changes so much about how this universe would actually work because of what we'll talk about later in the film. Because now we're smash because- cutting to a young woman who was lost, whose car is broken down on the side of the road named Tammy. Now Tammy is about to be hit by a car. <laughs> As you do. I don't want you to worry about this because she's about to get hit by a car with our up that is being driven by our other protagonist, who I think his name is a... I wrote this down. Eric, Ethan, it's... Ephraim. IMDB? Do you need me to pull up up IMDB? I got it right here. Oh, yeah, please do. Uh, Scott! His name is Scott. Okay, okay, okay. All right, yeah, you beat me to it. But I'll keep keep this up, because I feel like we're going to keep doing keep doing this we should at least say who the actors who play these characters are yeah we do like they do deserve credit for their work acting is hard and creating a movie is a massive body of work that involves tens if not hundreds of people and we can't forget that but just like every other group project some of y'all gotta stop letting everyone else down that including us including us oh no we're the back end I feel sorry for mm-hmm. everyone on the front and middle parts because they have to sit there and deal with the trash and try and improve as best they can. So, Scott, played by John Gat- Gatkins, I mean Gattins, mm-hmm. uh, says, all right, uh, well, I just graduated high school while looking 28, which honestly just might have been a casting decision. Uh, Josh, did Leprechaun 3 go, like, directly to VHS or was this released in theaters? I'm fairly certain this went direct to D- Direct VHS, but yeah, it looks like it was uh, direct VHS. Yeah, that explains it. Yeah, huh? John Gatton, John Gattins was in the tw- was in the twenty seventeen Power Rangers movie. Good for him. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so Scott, who is, I'm just gonna gonna tell you all right now, a bit of an idiot, but is strangely pure of heart for this film and for driving through Vegas is a soon-to-be college student 
who's driving to Vegas on the way and just helps Tammy get to work and then immediately falls for her. Not even eight seconds. It's kind of it's kind of adorable. Oh no, he wasn't in Power Rangers. He oh he wrote it. Oh, oh wow, he was one good of for him. Power Rangers wasn't bad. Yeah, it was a little bit, it was a little bit Breakfast Clubby, Clubby, but I like Breakfast Club. Yeah. So got really moved up. Good on this guy. Yeah, we should start doing this more often. Oh yeah, it really helps things. Thanks for doing the research, bud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, while Tammy's being driven to work and dropped off, and Scott's like, well, can I see you again? He's like, well, I, uh, maybe after the show. We find out that Tammy is the assistant, who, who was, as we later reveal, hired for her looks, to the great yep. Fazio. Fazio. Who is and this is another... basically a huckster magician. Yeah, but this is another thing. Tammy actually does have some magical, some stage magician talent, and even wants to move up in her career, career to become a full-on magician. Um, magician with her own act. That's why she's working in Vegas right now. Gotta get that experience. Even though, yeah. like, it's Vegas. There are the CD under types everywhere. But hey, but hey, I'm just happy to have a female a female main character with some agency and actual desires. So, there you go. Why do we always find, like, good character motivation in, like, the worst places? I don't know. It's because we look for... It's because we're literally digging for gold chunks in mud. It's not mud. It's not mud, but... Just don't think about it. Hold your breath. Reel back. We've got another couple of feet to go. Yep. So, we, so she says after the show, we, and you, like, like Will said, we, get, we come to find out that she wor- works for the great Fazio, a D-tier mag- magician with a C-tier, with a C-tier act. That is accurate, and his former assistant, Loretta, who keeps harping on about how she's, like, lost her beauty and she's aged, but just, she looks okay. Yep. Played by Carolyn Williams. Yes, yeah, uh, played by Carolyn Williams. Also, Loretta is revealed to be an intelligent and devious character with some motivations that, while single-minded, are actionable, and she does get what she wants, you know, before the rest of the movie comes together. Yep. Also... Also, if you would like to know a little bit more about her, she was she was in 2019's Greenlight. That's her most recent fi- recent filmography. I'm glad that these people are still getting work. Yep. Fazio, played by John Demita. Demita of. Let's see what last thing you were. It's last thing you. Oh, he played in Princess Mona. Okay. Wow. Look at you. Look oh. at these people. Big bang. Okay. I guess the guy's just a really good actor because Fazio is a jerk. <laughs> yep. But, uh, you know, he terrible also... choices abound because Scott has reached into his pocket and pulled out a $20,000 check from his mother and father, specifically for tuition, room, and board, because that was all it cost back then. Don't, don't, don't cry. Don't, don't cry. I'm don't trying. Cry. Don't cry. <laughs> but anyway... He immediately yeah, is encountered by uh, Vance, I believe. It's Vance. Uh, the bouncer? Uh, not the bouncer. Uh, the, the the swindler guy. Oh, Fazio? Not, no, not Fazio. Uh, the other swindler guy. The guy who seemingly runs the casino. Oh, the, ch- the kind of yeah. bigger dude? Uh, let me see. Mitch. Oh, Mitch. Up. His name's Mitch. Mitch. 
Mitch, played by Michael Callan. Oh, uh, what's his most recent work? Most recent? Uh, it seems like he was more. Seems like he was bigger in the sixties and seventies. You know what? Still, mm-hmm. uh, Mitch is there, and he immediately sees the check. Doesn't even question if Scott is old enough to be there. Well, he does question it, but that's really just a used for a gag in which he looks at the check and is like, "Yeah, you're old enough to be here." And Scott, in a very foolish decision that I honestly would probably vomit over making myself, cashes that check, turns it directly into chips, and then loses all but maybe $200 of it at a roulette wheel, which is being handled by Loretta. And the roulette wheel is, in fact, rigged. I, I, don't, even, I don't even blame him. Blame Loretta for taking this man's mon- money. If you're going to gamble your entire college tuition on one ni- one night, you you deserve it. I'm sorry, you deserve it. You deserve it. You deserve it. You deserve Welcome it. Welcome to the Barrel versus Rules of Gambling. Rule one: Never bet what you can't afford to lose. Blue, which for you is everything. Literally, maybe. bet the shirt off your back maybe. before you bet your tuition, dude. Maybe, maybe, maybe if you want to pay, pl- if you want to pay play penny slots, I'll give you a hundred dollars of that. That's the best you're getting from me. But still, rule two, depending on where you go, and in most places it's true, and especially in Vegas, the house always wins. Oh, wins. Assume everything you're playing is rigged. Like, the best you get from me is blackjack, and even, th- and even then I don't trust it fully. Marked decks are a thing. And with poker, like, depending on the style you play, there's some strategy involved. You can bluff. You can watch the river. You can switch from, like, Mississippi to Texas Hold'em. There are things you can do. The roulette wheel is completely out of your hands, even if you split the difference by going, like, I'm going to bet on black or I'm going to bet on evens or odds. Just... There's, it's complete... Rand- it's almost entirely random unless you're cheating. Unless somebody's cheating. But... Scott, realizing that he is now pretty much penniless, is like, well, what am I going to do? And Mitch is like, well, no, I think it was Loretta's like, well, you could bet that watch you got. And Scott's like, no, this watch is my father's. And oh, grandfather's. grandfather's. is like, oh, now you're thinking about your family. Yeah, he gave it to me on graduation day. Then I'm sure your grandfather would want you to come out a big winner. And that is what Loretta says. And somehow this works on Scott. Y'all, I think it's fair to say at this point that Scott, surprisingly enough, earns the title of least intelligent, least intelligent leprechaun protagonist thus far. With Cody because being first in the running. There is no way Cody would have fallen Actually, for this. Actually, arguably in Bridget fact, being first in the running. Because she did everything. She ran, she fought, she made shanks. That's intelligence. Yeah. Bridget... Yep. Cody, uh, literally the entire gang from the first movie, uh, then Scott, then Morty. Yep, that that's that's the tier list here. That's the tier list here. Mm-hmm. Nope, nope. Even even Morty wouldn't have gotten swindled. Wouldn't have gotten swindled by this because at least Morty and Cody would be in their element in this kind of thing. Fair. That's fair. Switch it up, I guess. But that really doesn't help because Cody is still walking to the pawn shop. The same pawn shop that the lep- that the leprechaun was just reawoken in. You see, it all comes together. And so he 
he sees a dead body. Does he call the cops? I don't think he calls. He doesn't call the cops. He doesn't call the cops about this dead he body. He doesn't call the cops. Yeah, no, he doesn't. But he does pick up the leprechaun's gold coin just as the, uh, the plot monologue coming from this computer says, whoever has a piece of leprechaun's gold can have one wish granted. Cody, being the imaginative sort, imaginative sort that he is, sarcastically says, one wish? I wish I was back in the tables on a win- winning streak. And he immediately is. And he's back at that roulette wheel. And he's gotten, he's, he's quintupled his winnings. Yep. Yeah, he's probably easily at $100,000. He's doing good. He, he's doing all right. Do, does he deserve to be good, doing good? Honestly, I'd say no. I'd say no. Cody, you f- Cody, you fumbled every bag and you don't deserve you don't deserve hey, this he, money. This is but, one bag he doesn't fumble. I will hand this to Cody. No, not Cody. I will hand this to Scott. This is one bag he does not fumble. He he uses the coin. He he stacks it across his chips to have it determine like where to bet it. Where to bet. And that always yep. works to the point that like yep. the the sheer good luck Right roulette wheel so that he can win. Unfortunately, it's kind of Loretta like, sees the coin move. So she's like, oh, and, something's up here. Because sadly, everyone in this movie is smarter than Scott. So, for the good news, a lot of people in this movie are relatively smart. You know, people stuck in a horror movie. Yep. Or at least the, or at least the female characters are. Fozzie. Fazio, Mitch, Cody, they're kind of morons. Yep. But the good news is, but uh, well, the bad news is, Mitch has seen Cody's hot streak and wants him to stick around and gives him a free room, which is something that a lot of casinos actually do. Don't take it. Don't take that opportunity. Ever. You take your winnings and you run. Take your winnings. If you have to stay the night, stay the night at a different hotel. Do not tell them what hotel you're in. Hotel you're in. And also be very careful because they might follow you. You take the money and run like you stole it because in their eyes, you just did. Take the money and, take the money and run. Like the, so, like the song you better be playing Darude right in the background. Just go. You, you gotta understand, listeners. Josh and I were we were literally shouting this when this scene happened. Yep. Oh, speak. Oh, we also should mention that we we did skip the scene where you meet Fazio, where you meet Fazio, Mitch, Loretta, Loretta, and um. Yeah, uh, we meet Tammy? them through yeah, Tammy. Tammy, and we see their dynamic. That's where we find out Loretta's insecure yeah. about her looks. Uh, Mitch is a sexist pig. That's... And Fazio legitimately does want to be a great magician. He's yeah, just and he's ass. also a bit of a jerk, which you know goes about as well yeah, as that... you would think. Because you can get by on mediocre if you are nice and earnest. There are people that have genuinely done that. Look at Chuck Todd, for instance. <laughs> that's mean. <laughs> that, that's what you do. He's too nice to be mean like that. He's too nice for you to get at him like that. But Apparently, uh, the leprechaun is still in the pawn shop because we reuse the shot 
of him creeping around the uh, the pawn shop the first time. The you know you, there's a shot where the leprechaun shadow is over is overlaid on a gun rack, and they definitely use the exact same shot for for when Gupta was getting stalked as they do Scott. when Mitch is getting stalked. Scott, excuse me, Scott is getting stalked. And this is where I say that the leprechaun's more malicious because he doesn't try to talk Scott into giving him his gold like he would have in the first movie. No, he just tries to ax Scott. He just tries to ax Scott before Scott even knows his name. And to be fair, like in the last movie, it was ridiculous. But after the events of the last movie, this makes perfect sense to me. Like, no, 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 no. They're going to take my gold. They're going to try and lock me in something. And then they're going to make me burst into flames. I'm just going to end this now. But the movie said plot has to happen, so Scott is teleported back, teleported back to the casino, yep. and we can continue the events. So Scott, of course, takes the Scott, of course, takes the room, and they plan to break in there, to break in there, steal all of his winnings and that gold coin. But before coin that later. happens, the leprechaun finds him by just locking into the most, like, I guess, leprechaun themed casino there is. The lucky, I think it's the lucky clover. That also, they, we never fully explain why it's called that. It doesn't look exactly Irish themed at all. Irish themed at all. I don't see much of a green motif, so I don't get it. I guess it was just for movie, really. Uh, I'm reasons. not mad at it. It's just like there's so much more to be mad at, really. <laughs> so he walks inside, immediately hits the tables, and just cleans house. It is immaculate to the point that, like, two loan sharks. Or at least one lone shark and his enforcer really try and like scare him away. He's like, "Yeah, no, I'm not at all." <laughs> now this man is this man is feeling himself. He is feeling good about his day, about his day. And you know what? To a certain extent, I don't blame. I don't blame him. I don't oh, no, blame uh, him. If I had that sort of luck. Well, one, I'd never be allowed in Vegas again. And you know what? I wouldn't yeah, blame him uh, for not letting me in. How did you clear out? How did you clear out Caesar's Palace, the airport, and the penny slots in one weekend? It's like, well, I was very busy, and the ATMs are so convenient. But but clean out, clean them out. He does. He does, and we get. Clean them out. He does, and so the leprechaun. The leprechaun attacks him. Attacks yeah, him. Yeah, no. We'll sorry, we got distracted here. But the leprechaun because uh, the leprechaun like yeah. bites him right after Ethan, who is no, not Ethan. Scott. Why do I keep thinking this guy's name is Ethan? But Scott like just stabs him in the head with a knife, and he's bleeding. And the leprechaun just like tried to bite his arm, but Ethan just like flings him away because you know why do I keep calling him Ethan? Scott just flings him away. <laughs> and just starts honestly just starts laying into the dude it's kind of funny cause like this is a guy who can snap necks create powerful illusions levitate gold and like spontaneously generate mass he's got the tune force at this point like y'all, y'all if you don't know if he, he's basically and, a cartoon character which if you which if you pull into that pull into the real world and Scott just hands him two pieces of the biscuit and it's great <laughs> <laughs> and like that that sort of continuously happens now that I think about it. 
Like this all-powerful fae creature continuously just gets slapped by and, coincidence. Uh, but because they're both bleeding, Scott gets some leprechaun blood mixed with his own. Which I don't think would be a normal issue in real life. Like, I mean, for some reason got into a bloody fight and someone else's blood got mixed with yours. I don't think that that would create like some sort of bad blow as long as you've got mostly your blood. Unless like the blood has like a deadly pathogen in it. Or in this case, is not only magical, but has a deadly pathogen in it, because leprechauns have green blood now, and... I think that's always been... I think that's always been the case. I can't... I can't be sure, but I want to say that's been a thing. I want and to say that's I been will a thing. take your word for it. But now that's mixed with Scott's, he's got the weirdest hankering for potatoes. And a strange love of limericks. Just, and y'all, you, you know what happened. You know what happened. Like, don't, we're not gonna pretend. We're not gonna pretend like you're stupid. You know what happened. Yep. Scott is slowly turning to a leprechaun because Be- because we. I'm not gonna say we're running out of ideas, but we're definitely we're definitely in barrel yep. versus territory. We got a few more feet before we hit the bottom of this one. Anyway. So Scott immediately decides, I'm going to go downstairs and eat every type of potato they have there. Which, honestly, sounded good. They had uh, mashed potatoes, loaded baked potatoes, french fries. French fries. Vodkas. Oh, good vodka. Yeah. By the way, how's keto going for you? You know, I've lost weight. I'm somewhat increasing in muscle mass, just very passively, because almost everything I eat is just protein. Or vegetable. Still thinking about trying. Still thinking about trying it. I found keto snacks, and yeah. they're pretty good. It's the same because it's like I can't make meat noodles. And everybody just starts missing pasta and rice and yeah, bread. Yeah, so I can't hard. have potatoes, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all your best filling side dishes gone, gone. <laughs> But Scott doesn't have that. But Scott doesn't have that problem. He's got a bit of a potato potato addiction. But meanwhile, while he's while he's laid out fighting a leprechaun, Faziel breaks into his room. Doesn't question it, by the way. Doesn't question the leprechaun that he's fighting, by the way. And and proceeds to steal his coin. Didn't Fazio Loretta to steal the coin? Fazio steals the coin, and since Fazio didn't get the money to split, Fazio tells Loretta, "Like, all right, we will split." Like. I want half of whatever this is. And there is like, look, it's just a single coin with magic. I think, oh, wait, you know what, Loretta? Right, right. And and they don't figure out what the coin does until Mitch finds out about Mitch finds out about it because Loretta sort of goes on a tirade about on Mitch about how he can't get no hoes. I'm sorry, that's just Yeah, the conversation that's pretty much is the tirade, that the Mitch thing. is washed out and unattractive but that his sexism becomes even more apparent as a result of this. And Mitch is like, no, I can, yep. I can get whatever woman I want. It's like, man, you can't even get Tammy to look at you. I wish, and somehow the oh, you have to say exactly like, what he says. If I wished it, she'd be all over me. And then, dang, I feel bad. I legitimately felt bad for Lee Armstrong, who is tech. 
who is Tammy's actress, by the way. She, uh... oh, oh, poor girl. Also, she only has three IMDb. She only has three IMDb credits: Leprechaun Three, Magic Island, and Classic Stories. Yeah, maybe she just doesn't want to be an actress anymore. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. And leave the profession. That you're but the, the yeah, but the poor woman just has to degrade herself hard. Also, it's wild to me that she was the exact same age we were. We are now yeah. when she was in this movie. Yeah. I mean, we did take different paths. Yeah. Yeah, true. Though true, it is true enough. wild to me what happens next, because it is over-the-top cartoonish and kind of very creepy. Because Lee immediately goes like... Zero to 100. She, she turns into what a... Like a, a bad Jessica Rabbit impersonation. Jessica Rabbit is insulted via insulted to be associated with this. Jessica Rabbit and actually had a, charm and appeal. No, she no, both these characters have a character arc. Can't even say that. But uh All right. Mitch and Tammy, with Tammy not no, literally not being in her right mind. Maybe we should have a contact warning at the beginning of this episode. Uh go into the elevator and she starts go- like biting his lip and slapping him, which means like, oh, Either, like, which gives me like is either this is Tammy fighting from the inside, or like you can use the magic for like personal gain, in material senses. But if those gains are another person, the magic will fight you. And like in either case, the magic is still more ethical than this dude. Yeah, some for some reason Tammy starts. Tammy, Tammy starts getting really into into slapping Mitch, and she does that. She does that thing that, like, I think fifty year old dudes writing movies think is attractive for young women to do, where her voice gets really, really high, and she starts pursing uh, lips. Baby out. talk. I, uh, I'm not into. You know, some people into. do still find that today. Yeah, find that attractive today on the internet, uh, particularly. Can I tell you right now? I don't understand it. I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. Just, just not. Just so not anyway, thing. after uh, Mitch, de- like after Mitch is slapped by Tammy, he's he's like, "Oh, you like seeing me in pain, huh?" And then he bashes himself against the elevator wall. Not gonna lie, that kinda, was just wild. Kind of enjoyed that. Uh, they get to Mitch's room, yeah. and uh, it's exactly the type of scumbag room you'd think it is. Neon lights of dancing naked women. Pleasure Palace, rotating bed with a mirror, a lot of very tackily applied zebra print. Now, I have to say this. Animal print can be tasteful and used well. But not like this. Not like this. No, not not like this at all. Oh, just imagine any cheesy room that you've seen from the early nineties of what they thought of what they thought was was rich, and it's that it's that. Then put some Vegas cheese on it, and you've got what we're looking at. Looking at. So Mitch lies back in the bed, and Tammy starts di- starts dancing for for him, doing the little striptease th- thing. The act, but doesn't go all the way with it. And I think, and I started noticing this. It, Noticing this in a lot of movie 
movies, the main actresses will very rarely get naked, naked, but the side ones that aren't as important to the plot will. Will it's just a thing that p- sort of pops up, but I'm just saying because it. Ha- I'm just saying it becomes because it becomes kind of relevant later. Kind of relevant later. Um, what was I getting at? But yeah, while this is all hap- happening, L- Loretta Loretta sneaks into Mitch's room because she sort of figured out there is no way Tammy would go from zero to horny that fa- that fast, especially not for Mitch. And she remembered that Mi- that Mitch wished that to be able to get Tammy, Tammy. So she puts two and two together really fast, really fast, and realizes that the that the well, coin wishes. I wish and. So she sneaks into so she sneaks into Mitch's room while he's while, of course, just absolutely judging him as she should as he, she should, and proceed. And then just kind of, and then they just kind of, then as soon as she runs off with the with the coin, the magic on Tammy turns off, and she rightfully calls. And she is visibly shaken. She gets her coat, she gets her clothing, draws it very closely around herself, and just storms out. Mitch fires her. Tammy's in tears, but is like, yeah, fine, I just won't have this job, whatever. And she then passes Scott as he's heading towards the elevator. And he's like, what is wrong? And Tammy, honestly, really good character moment, just breaks down, explains to him that like this keeps happening. She keeps being abused by like the men who work who work in entertainment in Vegas, where she just wants to entertain people, and that she's just sick and tired of being treated like this and done because it's not just this job, it's every job. It's it would be heart wrenching. It's kind it is, but it would be more effective in any other movie because it's between this and the leprechaun going into Mitch's room. Taking over his television, making a woman, making a woman on pornography walk out of his TV, walk out of Mitch's TV, seduce him, while he's cursing him out. And as Mitch is about to, well, go for what he wants, he gets electrocuted and dies. Because it wasn't, because it wasn't a real woman at all. It was a half. It was a half with a lot of exposed dog. electrical wiring, with which I think was made from like the insides of his TV, which is its own thing. But that really doesn't matter because the lone shark and uh, his enforcer are here, and they're going to try and take on the leprechaun. They are apparently not as good as taking on leprechauns as Scott is, and they immediately die. Like they are both immediately taken out. It ain't even fun. It ain't even funny. But now we have to focus on Scott because something odd is happening to him. He's noticed that he becomes more and more, more and more. Uh, he wants potatoes more. He's getting hairier. That roguish accent, accent is becoming more and more apparent. He keeps uh, speaking in limericks and being really, really sexist. He's much more so than he was before. So so before they had, before Tammy and Scott have a chance to um, 
confront Mitch, they find him dead as well. Yeah, they're just in the back. Do they find they the other really two dead as Because well? Scott convinces Tammy to turn around okay. and like confront him, and he'll be with her for backup, and also just lay some hands on him if it's necessary. Which is fair. Always be willing to lay on some hands in the name of justice. <laughs> Absolutely. But they find him dead. They decide to uh, uh, run. Oh, it was earlier mentioned in conversation as while Tammy did. was trying to storm out that Scott had the weirdest day, that he's on a hot streak. He's been eating a lot of potatoes lately. And he saw a dead guy in a pawn shop, but he didn't call the police. Which, you know, that one was before any of this happened. So I think that's really concerning, by the way. I don't think Scott's the There are sharper here. tools in this shed. But we'll work with but we'll work on that. But we can work on that later. I don't think you know it, it, you know as a matter of fact I don't know if it was such a tragedy that he gambled his mo- money cuz I don't well, know. Well, I mean, well he now has the funding anyway. to find out and then when he gets his shit together actually excel. Because sometimes you do need to adjust to new situations and there's no set timeline for this. Self-care is important. Now back to this murderous leprechaun. Self-care is important. Self-care is important. Self-care is important. But, but yeah. So we then cut to Loretta. And I feel a little bit bad. I feel a little bit bad for this scene. Because Loretta has been shown to be competent. Competent, but does... I feel like she kind of wastes her wish. But it is the thing that she, she wants. She wants to be young again. It's it. And also, like, gets a haircut, yeah. which is fine. It, I, I did not say not that it was a fantastic it. haircut. Is it the call I would have made? Uh-huh. No. But it is also not my business. Yeah, uh, uh, I'm just saying, she wants to look young and attractive again, and I feel like the budget didn't have... De-aging technology wasn't a thing yet, thing yet and... I feel like they just could have tried harder. Look, she doesn't look that much different. She got some new clothes. She got some new clothes and changed her hairstyle. Yeah. And honestly, I thought the one before was better. Beauty's on the mind, anyway. Anyway, she uh, she then gloats to Fazio, and Fazio is like, "All right, well, I'm gonna take this coin and wish to be the best magician in the world," which he does. He sold out show. What you know? What you know? Bet arguably better use of your wish if you. Wish if we agree that magic is an actual Unfortunately, thing. Unfortunately, Fazio does not manifest any actual magical powers. But uh, we cut back to the pawn shop where Tammy and Scott are inspecting the body and again, not calling the cops. When the video tells them, like, if there's one thing leprechauns can't stand, it's another leprechaun in their space. The weakness of the leprechaun is their gold. If you destroy the gold, you destroy the leprechaun. Unfortunately, Humanity too strong, so working in groups of two or more will almost always certainly fail. Which you know, if this movie has proven anything, that's kind of true. If these really last two movies have proven anything, that's kind of true. We'd have won. We'd have won a lot faster if it wasn't Morty. More... Dang, I already forgot his name from the last movie. Morty. 
would have found Bridget, Morty would have still been on. Morty would have still been alive. Shoot, the pot of gold was probably just was probably just in the leprechaun's yeah. tree. We could have probably but gotten that, uh, that too. That's just asking for trouble going after the gold. But could have just used that third wish yeah. for just the ability to reach into your pocket and always have the exact change for whatever purchase you want to make. And that would take any mm. form. Check. Dollar. Just a debit card that is loaded. <laughs> yeah, but we yeah, but then the problem becomes when you say exact change, you get you get spiteful with it and you get a thousand you get thousands upon thousands. That sounds days. like a cashier's problem. Anyway. Or it sounds like it's time for me to hit up a coin star. <laughs> I'm just saying there are answers. But unfortunately, we're going to walk into a situation that didn't offer too what? many because Scott has unlocked the uh, the leprechaun senses. I like to call them ba- I like to call them bag sense, where he can feel gold. And gold for some reason, leprechaun, despite him. also having this ability, never uses it. He always is just kind of hunting for that gold rather than Scott probably finds getting it. the bag, I mean pot of gold, in seconds. Maybe Scott's a better we'll lepre- know. Maybe Scott's a better And then immediately uses psychokinesis to unlock the safe without actually knowing the combination. Turns out Scott's leveling up. Scott jumped into the left. Gotta say, those early back. bonuses can really kick in if you use them right. But, mm-hmm. but Tammy is, of course, scared because for every magical feat that Scott performs, there's also a moment where he doubles over in pain and loses himself. So she does the rational thing and takes him to a human hospital. Where we somehow get into some really, really, like, still timely healthcare jokes. Because this whole, because this whole thing, whole thing, there's all, there's been this overarching um, j- running joke about the difficulty of getting affordable healthcare, healthcare for Amer- Americans, and it's played for laughs until you realize just like, how Scott is on the surgery is. table, and like they're asking him a bunch of questions. Oh, uh, they get him checked in. Tammy waits. Scott is immediately rushed to the ER, and the doctors are like, "All right, now this is going to, to this is going to be life and death for you." Do you have insurance? And I do. You have insurance. I actually laughed out. I actually laughed out loud. I'm. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm usually stronger than this. I'm not too proud. I'm. I'm not too proud to say. Like, weirdly enough, Leprechaun Three so far is my favorite because it seems like it. It seems like it expands on the lo- expands on the lore. It actually has the most laughs. It has some interesting kill kills. Just wait till you feel. Just wait and, till you find uh, out what happens. While too, this uh, is going on, actually, we cut to that. Because the leprechaun is still looking for that lost coin and comes across a conspicuously younger Loretta who Fazio has just stolen the coin from. But, you know, she doesn't care because she's still, like, feeling herself yep. up and engaging in her own vanity. Which I guess is supposed to be, like, a moral message. Both literally and, both literally and, both literally and physically. She gets a little, we- she gets a little weird yeah. looking at herself. I, in the mirror, not I guess the, say, the self-esteem is in the tank that long, like, New heights feel intoxicating. 
which is really rough because the leprechaun is here to ruin that. Uh, yeah. Body shame her, slut shame her, and then blow her up like a balloon and kill her. He's Remember, not a he's not still a, a monster. good guy, folks. Like he never he's not supposed he's a movie monster. And there's the argument of whether movie monsters need to engage need to engage in racism. Probably not. Probably not. But they're also supposed to be terrible creatures. Terrible creatures. So like it's not they get a pass. It's just that yeah, I we genuinely are, I feel like on that take it really depends on the movie. monster. Like what's the inspiration? Where is it from? Yeah, like I feel like Freddy Krueger being a racist—that doesn't surprise me at all. But I don't need like J- I don't need like Jason throwing Jason swapping out his mask mask for a clip. Jason or Michael Myers swapping well, out their cla- yeah, mask. For yeah, I would say goods. that's that too far, like and I feel like it has a lot to do with like the origins of the monster. Where Jason Voorhees is like an abused kid, like he sees a bully or he sees someone living a life he could never have. That's a killer. If anything, like Jason Voorhees might be classist, but he's probably not racist. Freddy. Freddie, on the other hand, Freddie, on the other hand, was a murderer and a pedophile. Pedophile and enjoyed what he did. It wouldn't surprise me at all. He's a racist. Context is so much when it comes to storytelling. Unfortunately, we're about to then yeah uh, watch uh, after Loretta is blown into once again chunklets. Uh, the leprechaun is just like, oh, because he is having a show, is he? Well, check on how Scott's doing. Oh, we. Uh, we skipped over what the leprechaun actually did to Loretta. So his whole idea was that, yeah, slut shaming and all that. And then he decided to expound upon the traits that she wanted. Bigger breasts and bigger butt, but bigger, more fuller lips. And just keep pumping those up like they're put into an air pump. And what bothered me was that she went from... She went from there's this there was this weird thing in the 90s to early to mid-2000s where skinny was better better and more and th- and more well endowed women were seen as odd or unattractive odd or unattractive and for like halfway through Loretta's transformation transformation she still doesn't look that odd to me and about half the other half yeah it just it goes way yeah, too far uh, but beauty standards have changed you, you, you know what i'm saying right like, you know what i'm saying right there were like in the 60s slim was very big. you had very specific diets some of which was like oh have this olive and this glass of white wine. That's from an actual book. I'm not just pulling that out of my ass, by the way. And then in like the early to mid like aughts, since that's what we call that decade now, it's weird. Uh, it was very much on like firm toned midsections, abs, bellies, whatever you want to call them. And there were very much multiple like cl- clothing lines and styles centered around that. And as progressed, like, the perception was appreciated has changed. But by no metric did Loretta actually look bad until about, like, two-thirds of the way through the transformation, which it was obvious that she was becoming more grotesque, as well as, like, more deformed, and that this was killing her. Because that transition from, mm-hmm. like, slim to mid to being down with the thickness shouldn't have to be exclusionary. It should be all-encompassing. Like, all of these styles can and should work. Like, if you want to dress in a rockabilly style, one, recognize where rockabilly came from and its nature as an, as an appropriative style of living. But two, do you. <laughs> Just do it conscientiously. 
but that's with this that's all and you know this movie having the writers that it does um it doesn't really look good for it. In fact, I do remember asking myself and Josh when this is going, I was like, does this feel vaguely racist to you? Yeah, like when yeah. she started blowing up, I was Don't like, vaguely... a little bit. And little like, bit. there is a history of exaggerated features being attributed to different races. And as a result, like, you can sort of see where someone's mind is by the way they try and alter a body and what they've been exposed to. And like they never say uh, the word black. black. I don't Actually, think there's a black character casino, in this movie. None of them die, and I was but like... yeah, yeah. But just felt worth. Putting but anyway, uh, worth we could because you know the leprechaun just multitasking. It's very important. He senses another leprechaun. Needs to go handle that. Sneak to the the bag. He may not have since developed, but yep. this uh, man's ready when another man comes nurse, to his territory. Complete with a uh, hair cap over his hat, but not over his actual hair. While the doctors are counting Scott, he may test weeks, and score a lot of his like tests are coming back. Like his EKG just says overs. And his, uh, yeah, no, that's his EKG or EC electrocardiograph. And like another scan just comes back as like dancing leprechaun. And it's like, huh. Also, also, I didn't realize that being a leprechaun also just meant being spiteful off off rip, but that just seems to be like what they're going for. But nonetheless, uh, Scott. Gets up, gets his money, leaves. Well, the leprechaun just sort of comes through and kills those doctors and then goes to look for Tammy, ties her to a bed, and tries to kill her with a bone saw. But that's when Scott shows up. And why did I almost make a letter kitty reference? Oh, you're also forgetting this is all happening during Fazio. Oh, this is, is this before one, he kills Fazio. Is this before or after he kills Fazio? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Rolls up, sorry, pitter patter, no let's get at her. And is like, you even come near, I'm keel hauling you. <laughs> and the leprechaun's like, fine, fine. I'll leave new kid on the block. You're not used to the game yet, but I see you, young blood. And then, <laughs> and then he just, he leaves. And he's like, well. I'm just going to go get my gold coin back from, from the fake wizard. It's fine. And Fazio is now... Imagine if the stylists for Elton John and the band Kiss got together and listened to the Ziggy Stardust album from David Bowie and decided they had to make a costume based off of it. Now aim lower. That's Fazio for you. And one Cocaine. Once the cocaine wears off, that's what you have with the eight thoughts. Look mm-hmm. down at the abomination you've and created. He is and that's actually using with. a flamethrower, which is a fun little Chekhov's gun. Chekhov's gun being something that is introduced into the film and must be used later for a plot convenience. Mm-hmm. It's a magic tool that'll help us sleep. And Fazio's going to use it, later. as he had planned earlier, 
for a special trick. And his and like his assistant. Actually, no, uh, Tammy's not there. She quit. Loretta's not there. She quit. So just a new assistant he has is just they do the disappearing gates and they're about to do the sawed in half se- the sawed in half section because you know who doesn't love that trick where someone's sawed in half. No one has ever used it to murder someone in a horror movie before. It's a completely novel and original idea. So the leprechaun shows up and starts wreaking havoc. But Dick. no one notices because they think it's all part of a magic show. This leprechaun did just appear inside of a box that was shown to be empty earlier anyway. They jump, the leprechaun jumps on top of the box. It's like, so let's do away with all these uh, magical blades and all that. And he just pulls out a chainsaw. He just has one of those lying around, as one does. Yeah, you know, you know, who doesn't have an days. off day where they're just sitting there? It's like, <sighs> and isn't and their heart isn't alight with the sound of revving chainsaws. And once again, the audience is loving it, and Fazio is freaking out because now he's handcuffed and trapped in the box. He's like, no, 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 call it off, everyone, call it off. And the leprechaun's like, mm, no. And Fazio, don't think I, like, mm, you know, I don't coin, think I will. As a pulls fact. the coin out of his pulls the coin out of his glove using sleight of hand and says, "I wish I was at I was at Caesar's Palace." Which one? Way to give away the location, dude. And two, since he wasn't actually at the PowerPoint or wasn't seeing things that Loretta was seeing, doesn't know that it's one wish per gold piece. You want another wish? You need to steal another piece of gold. Which is unfortunate, because he is now about to uh, get Which sawed no- in half with a chainsaw. Yep. Which, I also think if he was the greatest magician in the world, he could probably ma- he could probably use his own magic to Especially get out of Especially since, like, I've seen made. how that trick is just, done. Just putting it out there. Depending on how it's set up, half the time, you're not actually in the box. Well, you're... Half of you, the half that's getting cut, isn't actually in the box. You're just sort of reclining backward and the blade separates it and your legs are under a curtain. Like, he could, ju- like he could just snap his fingers and use his own form of ma- magic to make it seem like he's halfway in the box and then some random extras in the other half. Just roll with the leprechaun. But alas, leprechaun. Use your tune force against his tune force. does not happen. What does happen is that Tammy and Scott uh, just sort of follow the chaos from the hospital, realizing that the leprechaun's a menace. And since people are, like, running and fleeing for their lives, it's kind of easy to find the place. That makes sense. So they burst in. Tammy remembers, like, oh, yeah, you destroyed the gold, you destroyed the leprechaun. And Scott, like, takes the flamethrower. The leprechaun's like, hold on, don't do it. We can split the gold. Come to the green side. No, no, that's not even me making that up. Uh, Come to the green side. These were lines. The they were. And afterwards, uh, Scott looks like he has trouble with it, but then he looks at Tammy and is like, "Nah." And then he just just lights up the pot of gold, and once again, the leprechaun bursts <laughs> into flames. And here we see. Also, you notice that the medallion was the medallion. This big MacGuffin that's put him off all no, this movie is arson. not the not the thing that kills him. Hmm? 
Yeah, I mean, yep. it works. If it works, if Scott it works, I then guess. effectively like vomit green blood and is a human again. Still has his hundred thousand dollars, which nineties money. Good luck filing that in your taxes, kid. Don't uh, don't worry about. You know what? Don't worry about that. Don't even ask questions about that much money. Your taxes. Just keep that in your mat. Just keep that in your mattress and use it when you need it. Just use use it very limitedly, so Uncle Sam doesn't. Know. So Uncle Sam doesn't barrel verse. No, not lawyers. How you got that much money? They are, however, broke. Secure the bag, my friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't put that. Don't put that in the bank. That's that money you don't put in a bank. You put it in an iron safe. You spend some of it at the pawn shop to buy an iron safe. Put it there. Put it there, and only take it out when you need it. That is your emergency funds and your school fund and your school funds. You, your mom and dad know that you. Your mom and dad know they give you $25,000 for school, so nobody's going to question that. The, crown the other $75,000 back in the back of a safe. I don't care what you do. Just do something. <laughs> but anyway, uh, with the chaos honestly still <laughs> going on, with the leprechaun defeated, so many bodies. Everybody who ran this, ho- everybody who ran this ho- hotel is dead. Therefore, casino like, hotel. Now. So I guess it's or a resort, casino's dead. but it's kind of skeezy, so I wouldn't. Anyway, they walk out, and Tammy and Scott just, like, kiss, and Tammy kept one gold coin, and is like, well, I've already had my wish. What do you wish for? And Tammy's like, I think I have everything I need. Not thinking about the contingency that that might mean that the leprechaun's still alive out there. But she throws the gold into the sewer and doesn't make a wish, which, to me, was the right decision. And she says, I think I have everything I want. Which is wild. Because they kiss and like, well, the relationship is a little earned. Scott's still going to college. You're out of a job. What is your plan here? Well, she, I think it, what's implied is that she can run the casino. And effectively now. being out of casino debt with, the, uh, nobody else to do with the loan sharks being murdered. Yeah. Or shoot, she can get a new job. She can now get yeah. a new job since the one guy that's Granted, going to ruin her. Good is also luck marketing dead. this place is like, well, I mean, if you want to have like a haunted casino, I guess you could do that. Honestly, if you market it as market it as there was a horrible night where like a where like yeah, five people, people do like the macabre, here, but with that, it's the end of the movie. What's your rating, Josh? I think it's just another mildly annoying. I like this one. Be- I like this one better than the. Um... I like this one better than, better than uh, two or one. We skipped over the sections where it's just leprechaun, the leprechaun at the casino doing his thing, but he fits here. This seems like a place yeah, where he uh, also where he does his mildly best annoying. Because the the biggest issue I had was yeah. with Mitch in this film. Like even Scott being stupid, I only found like uh, lightly irksome. And he- And you know what? He got he he got his. He got exactly what was coming. He got exactly what was coming to him. And I'm yeah. not upset. And but we I do really exactly need to talk about like upset about that tropes and horror and just in media in general and how like. And I I get some people are very kind hearted, soft hearted makes it seem like a weakness, where like where you would have sympathy for the devil, like you would pity the worst person's terrible circumstances. And horror movies will take that. And, Really trying mm-hmm. to chuck it out of as many windows as it can. Just 
it's a defenestration administration. You walk in, we'll toss you out. Yes, I am. But you are really proud of the fact that you got to say it's defenestration just really, really, like, odd that we have such an influx of asshole victims. Like, you can have a morally gray per character that isn't a complete ass. And that's really all I want. And that's really all I want. You don't have to hate somebody. Shoot, you can have something emotionally resonant with the characters that you really love. If anything, I would say it as a really new layer that of depth to your character. What? If they're not all bad or all good in like an obvious, plain to see way, but they have an ethos, they have that thing that drives them forward, the thing that inspires them. That way, especially if you make that character smart, you can easily see how. They made a calculated choice. Maybe even a calculated choice you would have made per the situation. Just no way out. Because it's easy. Because it's easy, especially nowadays, nowadays to say, oh, I would have, oh, this is such a stupid decision. I would have done this, that, and the other thing. Other thing. But we don't always plan for, we're not oh, always absolutely not. in dangerous but, situations. Uh, for myself, I can certainly I'm say I'm not. But, when you do have someone who is cool under pressure, make the calculated choice, and it still fails, and it's a very reasonable calculated choice, what do you do? What do you do? What do you say? To th- what do you say to them? What can you legitimately say? What can you gi- legitimately say? Like I, they did. What, they did what they could, and it just didn't work out. Didn't work out for them. We can't. And can't it fall makes support. the just horror the, just the way it was. That much deeper because it shows that the regular logic, the causal logic, even horror movie logic wouldn't apply. And this is especially true against monsters that aren't like metaphors for conformity or depression or a venereal disease. If we're ever lucky enough to watch good movies again, It Follows is something I recommend. It follows because the, the characters in that film, for the most part, and I do recommend to onto it, especially when they have no idea what they're up against. They're not paragons of vir- they're not paragons of virtue by any stretch of the imagination, but they're just people trying. And then just the, people trying their you're not even sure they survive. escape. But despite the what they had to do, yep. But. But from everybody here, I'm William Slater. Excuse me, at Into the Barrelverse, I'm Joshua Pulliam. Stay safe and keep it. And hope you enjoyed this episode. Oh, God, Leprechaun 4. There's always more to the Barrelverse.